0: What's good, everybody? Nigel Marcellus here. Welcome to another episode of the Nigel Marcellus interview series. You already know what it is. I have dreams and aspirations of becoming a talk show host. So this is a way for me to, you know, work on the dream, be in the dream, interview some of the dopest people on the planet before I get to the seat, and then I'm gonna bring them to the seat, and then you're gonna see them even more. So you already know how it goes. Today, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, every day we have a special guest. But this This guest today is very, very special. I've known her for a decade now, which is crazy crazy to think about. Um, And she absolutely changed my life. I'm going to tell y'all how a little bit later. But we have Amalia in the building. Amalia, how are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody.
0: I'm so happy to have you here. And I'm
1: excited, honestly.
0: This is great. I remember you was doing a podcast and you had me on there. And it was like 2018, 2019, I think. Oh my gosh, I think it was. It was,
1: yeah, it was before the pandemic. So I want to say it was like 2018, like right before.
0: Yeah. So like, you know, obviously I had to have you on mine. Like, what? there's, there's there can't be a podcast without having you on here. And
1: well, for thank-
0: people who don't know, right, Amalia absolutely changed my life in college. Because it was around like, I mentioned at the end of my freshman year, going into sophomore year. And I remember during sophomore year, you was always like headstrong, passionate, and you were the one of the first, you were not even one of the first, you were the first person who really was like, walking me through understanding like the depth and craziness of the patriarchy and how much like that affects women and how like my manhood essentially can, limit opportunities for women mm-hmm. and like through like books that you gave me to read through conversations doing listening you give other people hell which i absolutely <laughs> used to love Yeah i learned so much oh, my- I, for real, for like whoever i talk to i always credit you as the person who like really put me on to understanding like how i can use my privilege to better and help women and advocate for women so like mm-hmm. you for sure like changed my life changed my life directory you are the greatest, I'm happy to have you on here. Um, for the people well, who don't know you, how would you describe yourself? Who are you?
1: Um. Well, so I would definitely say yes, I, I am an active feminist and have been um, pretty much my whole life, it's just how I was raised. And um, I, I would say, obviously, like everything, my feminism has changed and grown over the years. Um, but that's that's definitely a, a huge uh, piece of my core would be women's issues and feminism. Um, I'm a writer. That is uh, that's my art. That's my my escape. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a really a really big piece of who I am and um, my probably my favorite way of expressing myself. I would say, and I, I've tried a little bit of everything um, as far as like art forms go. Um, but writing is my, is my baby. Um, What else about me? Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm a storyteller. Like that's, that's always been my, that's always been my gig. Um, So I like for anything that I write or anything, any project that I work on to essentially mean something and to, um, to make people think, even if it's, you know, you know, masked by comedy or it's, you know, I recently have gotten into like kind of more personal stuff. It took me, it took me a while to really get there with like sharing personal things or just like expressing um, what's going on with me through my art. For a long time, I feel like I was just writing about stuff and kind of like covering up the real issues. Um, but I have found that expressing myself and things I've been through through my art is really really helpful and has been really really healing for me Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of something that's that's making me who I am right now that's kind of uh giving me some some enlightenment into who I am and uh how important it is and how freeing it is to share with people um and how so many people can relate to things that you didn't even think about beforehand you know um so I'm definitely definitely a storyteller that's my that's my thing
0: how did you first like get into writing like was it school was it through reading like what was the um the- it was high school
1: yeah so i mean i've always been a reader um i've always been like both my parents are educators so books were a huge part of my childhood and i was never not reading any of you who uh, go to UK and know my dad, Dr. Farr. I'm sure you understand. Like if you've seen his office, then you already know with me. Um, that's who I was raised by. So books have always been important, but in high school, I had a teacher, um, and I'm going to use her, I'm going to use her name. I'm going to shout her out. Cause she was the dopest. Miss Cindy Kewen um, was the drama teacher and the head of the drama department, but she also taught, several other extracurricular classes and one of them was like a science fiction class and I remember she gave us this writing project it had to have been like my sophomore year of high school she gave us this writing project um and this was the first time I remember like writing something and then getting credit for it so I I wrote this horror piece because that was the assignment we had to she gave us a picture like a black and white picture and we had to write a horror story based off that picture Mm -hmm. and I did And she loved it so much. She like read it out loud to the class and she gave me extra credit for it. And I was floored. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was good at this. Like, especially this scary shit. Like, I didn't know I could do this. And I just remember being so proud of myself. And so like, like, I couldn't believe that I could do that, you know, because I had always, I had always written academically, basically, um, just because of, of my parents, like, I had always thought of myself like, oh, I'm good at grammar. I'm good at, you know, I can mm-hmm. spell check, whatever, whatever. But I had never really thought of myself as, you know, writing stories. Um, and then Miss Kewin read my story t- aloud to the class. And she said it was one of her favorite things that she had read out of all of our, you know, out of all of our uh, work that we turned in. And I just remember being like, oh, shit, like, maybe this is what I should do. And then it was, it was up and stuck from there, basically, after that.
0: Yeah, so, like, when, when you got to college, were you at a point where you were, like, still writing stories in that way? Because I feel like when I first met you and, like, the the times that I knew you, especially in college, it was definitely, like, more academic writing. Like, I remember yes. you journals, you was going to, like, conferences, you were doing all yeah. different types of stuff. So, yeah. like, after, like, we got, after college and everything, and I find out you're a storyteller too, I was like, yo, what? I, like... That was my – so, like, how did you – did you navigate college kind of like, oh, I'm not going to do this. This is on the back burner. Like, how did that work?
1: I definitely did. I definitely had it on the back burner. And I wasn't even really thinking – like, I – my thoughts throughout college were very practical. And they were – and I think part of that is, like, because of my parents. Um, It was very much like, oh, like, I have to do something that I can make money in. And I, I really didn't even necessarily think of myself as a writer at that time. Um, I knew that I could write. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had already been like editing papers for people. Um, I wrote my college essay, like even to get in to, to UK and to get the scholarship that I got. I remember my mom got mad at me because I, I submitted it without letting her read it, like without letting her proofread it or mm-hmm. edit it. And she was like, oh, my God, like, you know. What if you don't get the scholarship now? You didn't let me check it, this, that, and the third. And I remember I was confident in myself. I was like, I killed that. Like they like, they gonna give me this little scholarship. I know, I know I wrote that, that essay, and I know I put heart into it, and I know I gave them everything that they wanted. So I knew that I could write academically, but I did put storytelling on hold for a very, very long time. Like I really didn't get back into storytelling or creative writing until
0: I want to say like 2019. 2019. So like just to give people a perspective, that's about high school was not to date yourself, but high school. No,
1: no. <laughs> high school was. Um, I I graduated high school in 2012. Okay. And then I was at UK till 2015. Took a hiatus. Wasn't really writing for a while. I was like traveling, and then I my family got busy because we had a foster baby for a while. So I put mm-hmm. my everything that. Um, I moved to Miami for a year. I definitely wasn't doing any writing at that point in my life. Um, a lot of family stuff was going on. That was like a really big distraction for me. Um, and I kind of put all of that on hold for a long time, but then once I got back into it again, it was actually, honestly, once I moved to Chicago, like once I got here Mm -hmm. and I kind of, Oh, I can have my own life now. Like I don't have all this family stuff that I have to deal with, you know, right in front of my face. Um, I have so many creative friends here and that just puts you in a space to want to create. So I really, I give my friends like huge props for that. Like when I moved to Chicago and I started working in a restaurant as a server and five out of the six other people working with me were creatives and were always talking about their art, always promoting their art, always um, encouraging me. And it just, it really put me back on track. Um, And then once I started writing again, I just, like, I haven't stopped.
0: Yeah. What I loved about what you said right there, too, is the fact that, like, really, like, putting yourself in that community and surrounding yourself with, like, like like-minded people really makes a difference. Because, like, for me, too, both my parents are educators. So, like, when I was in college, there was, like, a stubbornness of, like, I want to get into, like, a creative field, but I didn't have the confidence to see it through. So I might have, like, spoke on it. But I have mm-hmm. confidence to actually do the work because in the back of my mind was the, you gotta get a good job. Mm-hmm. You're creative, you're not gonna make that much money. How are you? Yeah. Gonna spend? You know what I mean? Like the more like practical side of things. And I think for me, one. And, and I don't like to like regret stuff, but like when I look back, things that I wish I changed is being able to like really put myself in a position to like jump into the creative sooner than the yes. later. Because I think like it, it really does suck when you're not really like living your calling and you're yeah. in a space of doing stuff that really doesn't, it's not what you want to do, but you're yeah. trying to make it work because you want to make a living. You want to make yeah. and all the other pressures that are like are placed on it.
1: Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. It definitely, when I think about the time that I wasted, like just being afraid of taking that step or just like listening to other people tell me what I shouldn't, what I should or shouldn't do, or, you know, kind of, not scare me out of it but just It's not like I ever like I never went to my parents and was like hey I want to be a writer and they were you know and they were like no that's not a good idea but it was just like the way that the trajectory was going
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I just knew what was expected of me and I knew like you know this is the tone that they've set for how to be successful so like this is what I need to follow and then you know like I I want to make money I want to you know be able to take care of my shit and you know um, I don't want to be like a you know a struggling, starving artist, which is like kind of, that was just kind of like, I guess the insinuation that I got from them was just like, yeah. oh, like,
0: you can do it,
1: but you know,
0: you're going to have to have- you know, It's always the but after. It's like, yeah, you can do it and I believe in you, but like, you're going to struggle and there's this. And there's- I think yeah. it's, the, it's the lack of exposure too, because I don't know about yeah. you, but I didn't grow up around anybody who was like creative, right? Like my mom was an English teacher, so she she told the line of like creative writing, but yes. someone who was authentically fully in a craft, sustainable uh, career of doing something yeah. that never was introduced to. So in my mind, it was like filmmaking, telling stories, talk yeah. shows. That's not that's not a real that's not a real career. That's a dream. And if you're lucky, yeah. you get that. But like everybody else has to follow like this suit. And that, yeah, you know, I'm telling you, that used to like keep me up all the time.
1: Same. I, agreed. And I I literally just last week or I guess two weeks ago on Easter, I was at a spoken word event and the host literally like he got up there and he was talking about creating an art and like not giving up. And he was like, you know, 10 years ago, if you had asked me, would I be able to make a living off of doing spoken word? I would have been, you know, laughed at you. Mm-hmm. But there he is. He's literally he, he this is what he loves to do. And this is how he pays his bills just doing spoken word teaching it to kids doing classes hosting these like you know these live events all that kind of stuff but it just made me think like okay like sure maybe he's not like a millionaire but he's like doing what he loves and he's you can tell he's super happy and like he his bills are paid everything's fine and he just gets to do what he loves all the time and it just takes that like that right amount of confidence and believing in exposing yourself to the right people and being around people who are like oh yeah like you know, yeah, we work day jobs, but when we're not doing our day job, we're creating.
0: Mm-hmm. We're we're like, our, our Do you feel like this this chapter of your life you have that confidence now to like pursue what you're what you want?
1: Yes, a hundred percent. Fine and <laughs> finally, because it's like I feel like it took so long for me, but yeah, I'm I'm finally at that place where I'm I know what I want to do and um I, I believe in myself enough and I've gotten enough positive feedback from other people as well as just, um, you know, growing in my art myself. Um, so now I definitely like I know the path for me and I'm, I'm going to stick to it.
0: So like beyond like moving us, moving to Chicago and like finding those creative group, what else helped you kind of like build that confidence? to Kind of get to that place. Cause I know that's that's hard work. You know what I mean? So like really look inside yourself and really like find that inner voice of like, yo, this is what I want to do. This is my calling. This is my purpose. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's that's a lot of work. So what helps you kind of get to that place?
1: Um, I I hate to say it honestly, but a little bit like the pandemic helped me. Um, just having to be inside
0: mm-hmm. and
1: literally. Oh, like, you know, I wasn't working as my, many of us weren't. I was literally just inside writing mm. and just just thinking about and, you know, not not just writing, but like listening to podcasts and like seeing seeing how things worked for other people and just kind of exposing myself to stuff that I didn't necessarily have time for, or I didn't think that I had time for before the pandemic because yeah. I, you know, I was oh, I, I just have to work. I just have to make money. I just have to whatever. But the pandemic kind of froze all of that. And I was able to sit back and, you know, write. And then realize that like, oh, like, A, I think what I'm writing is really, really good. And I finally am at a place where I feel like I can share it. Um, I don't feel like I just have to hold on to it or um that it's not good enough for the world. Like something just about having all that time to myself and all of that like silent healing really, Mm -hmm. really helped and, and boosted me, um, boosted my confidence up enough to the point where I'm like, okay, like I'm going to see if I can get this published. Boom. That's published. Okay. I'm going to see if I can get this published. Oh, they like that. That's published. Okay. Like, I'm just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just really just having that like solitude, I think, and being able to really think about where I wanted to take my life and, um, you know how much how okay it was to be vulnerable because i'm I've always been a kind of a, a person who's like I shy away from vulnerability. I don't know if it's because I'm the oldest like sibling and I'm just used to like handling shit and handling business. like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. I don't know if it's a Libra thing, whatever, but I've always <laughs> been like I've always been a person who's like not really like I don't want people in my business. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. But, and a lot of artists are like that. There's a lot of artists, like, you know, and we're sensitive about our shit for real. So that thought of like sharing and being rejected or sharing and, um, you know, people not liking stuff has just always kind of held me back. But then I think during the pandemic, I was able to sit with myself long enough to be like, okay, like, who cares? Why why should that stop you? You know, like there's, Mm -hmm. and like I said before, there's healing in sharing and in opening up. And so the more that I've done that, I have found that it's worked for me and that I feel better as I move forward rather than feeling scared or feeling like I should have kept that inside and not been vulnerable with people.
0: Yeah, that's a, yo, That's such a like freeing feeling of like when you get to a point as far as like generally like who cares? Like if you if you love yeah. it cool. if you don't love it, it is what it is. But like it's for yeah. me and it's for me to like release all of this stuff that's on me. And I think to your point, too, like it does like level up your work. Because I feel yeah. like the minute for me too, like the minute I started opening up, being a lot more vulnerable, sharing things that I struggle with was the moments where like people really started to gravitate and people really started to rock with like different things I was doing. Um, yeah. So like for you, what does is, what is vulnerability look like for you now as far as like your artwork?
1: Um. So as far as my artwork, um, I would say vulnerability just – it, it looks like me, you know, I the pieces that I've written recently and especially the ones that have been published, um, everything that I've written has come from something that I'm going through or something that I'm feeling or something that's um that's you know taking over my life at that time. Um so the feeling of just kind of saying like you know being really just saying I don't care like this is what happened this is how it felt i'm going to share this because i know other people can relate to it mm-hmm. um has really helped me and vulnerability really for me right now just looks like taking like whatever however the, the the story or the feeling or the poem or whatever it is however it comes to me putting that down on paper yeah and just letting it be without having without feeling like oh like let me take that part out that's too much because i used to do that all the time like i would write something and it would be really beautiful and i would be like oh but like i'm oversharing mm-hmm. like um like that's too soft to take it out so now like when i write stuff i very rarely omit things or go back and change it because i'm like this is this is how the story came out of me so this is what people deserve to see this is what deserves to be told because this was what the feeling was in that moment there's no need to edit it there's no need to um to feel like you're you're sharing too much um really just leaving it how it is and understanding that like that was how that was that moment that was how I felt in that moment that was what needed to be said and of course things change and like you know I'm not necessarily as heartbroken as I was when I wrote it of course but that doesn't mean that I need to take away from that. And it doesn't mean that I need to pretend that I was never heartbroken. Like, Mm. let's be for real. You know what I'm saying? So just learning to like kind of sit on things and letting them, letting them be as they are without feeling the need to like, like change it and pretend that I wasn't, that I wasn't feeling that or I
0: wasn't going through that. Yeah. Is there, is there like a person or people that you often, like, when you put it out, you still get that, like, inner cringe of, like, oh, man, if this person reads it, though. Like, I like for example, like, for me, sometimes, and if you listen to this, I apologize and I love you. Sometimes, like, when my dad listens to some mm-hmm. of my stuff, because I know, like, there's a conversation that usually comes from it. And it's not, like, any, like, wild, crazy conversation. It's yeah. just, like, father-son conversation. But it's still, like, mm-hmm. I wrote this to, like, get it off my chest. We don't have to talk about it Yeah. Anymore. So like sometimes I have those moments like with my dad or certain friends when they read certain stuff. Um, Do you ever like feel that sometimes? I do, yes. And it usually, it usually
1: is my parents. Like when I think about that, cause I I, like, I know that they've read my stuff. Um, We've like, we've talked about it before. Um, There was the, the, not the last poem that I published but the one before that, it's like a poem slash short story but it's called The Love. And I published that like, I think in 2021, and I remember like my mom read it and she just texted me and was like, are you okay? <laughs> like that was literally <laughs> like, she was like, I just read your story, are you okay? And I'm like, and I just like, I couldn't help but laugh cause I'm like, oh my God. Like now she thinks I'm um, like, she thinks I need therapy. Like mm. she thinks like on my Edgar Allan Poe shit. Like yeah. this what I'm saying. Like, So I do with both my parents because i don't necessarily you know i feel like my parents are used to seeing me a certain way and they're used yeah, to like thanks. i mean like i don't even i mean like of course i'm their kid like they've seen me be vulnerable f- before they've seen me cry or whatever but it's just like there are certain things especially when i write about relationships that i don't share with my parents mm-hmm. um just and it's a little bit different now that i'm older like most of the, most things i share with them but for definitely when i was younger um, and certain relationships that I went through that I feel like were toxic, I did not share a lot of that with my parents for many reasons. Um, so there's definitely always those moments of like, oh my god, they're gonna read this and like they're gonna know, like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, yeah, they're, right. oh, they're gonna know what I didn't tell them. And are they gonna be concerned? Are they gonna, you know, is my dad gonna jump in the car and drive up here? Like, cause he's known to do that. Like if he thinks one of us is going through something, like. Arnold Farr will just show up he won't even (laughs) tell you he's coming he will just pop up um which is is great obviously but it's just like one of those things where I'm like okay I definitely think about um how they're gonna how they're gonna take stuff and that's probably that's one thing that I like has kept me from even writing like because I have I have several poems written about um Like my parents divorced and like things like that, like just how that's affected me and and whatever. And those I'm holding on to for like a little while longer because I'm like, I I really want to share them because I feel like this is such a common thing that people go through. Like so many people's parents get divorced. Um, Even like, you know, my parents, I was already like 24 when that happened. So I was Mm -hmm. already a grown up. But those are the those are the ones where I'm like I'm gonna hold on to it for like a little bit longer because I know like once they see it they're gonna want to talk about it and I don't know if I want to talk about it right now so
0: yeah that's always like the hard thing for me too it's like because I I think like whenever I I write I speak I do anything a lot of times like I'm thinking through my feelings I'm thinking through my thoughts but like once I get them out it's like I'm over it you know what I mean like I feel like I said everything I needed to say there's no more final words Um, And it's like those conversations after that people want to have. Because I recognize like with your work and similar to mine, it's like it leaves people in a position to learn and to grow, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. question themselves and also question like how they view the world too. And I think it's like those conversations, I don't want to be the forefront of because I feel like those are conversations you're supposed to have with yourself. But because I'm at that level of access where it's like one text, one call. That's something that they're going to just naturally do. And that's something I yeah. had to like learn to get over because I realized similar to you, like I'm holding myself back. I'm not playing yeah. for, like true authentic self and I'm not sharing my experiences because I'm, um, I'm trying to cater to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is not like my, you're not in my art form. You're just a part of the right. experience. So, and I know right. like, I, I mean no malice, right? Like I have no ill intention. I'm not going exactly. to call you the devil. Like you're not it's just my own experiences or how like I navigated around certain people.
1: Exactly. And I think, I think all artists like have to go that, go through that to some extent, because it's like, I mean, even if you think about like songwriters, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're writing, they're giving us songs about their exes or, you know, their, their family life or things like that. And it's like, okay, there's always that point where you have to say to yourself, like, okay, like this person is going to, they're going to hear my shit. They're going to see it. um And then I'm going to have to have a conversation or they're going to, You know, they're going to be defensive. They're going to feel like the bad guy or like whatever. Um, And if I like, you know, with my parents, like I don't ever want them to feel like the bad guy. I don't want them to like like you said, there's no malice. There's absolutely no malice. I'm just writing about my experience and how I feel in the moment. And it doesn't mean that I'm mad or I'm holding anything against you. It doesn't even mean that I'm sitting around like broken inside or thinking about it because I'm I'm really not. Um, both my parents are happy so I'm happy but at the end of the day it's like that's still going to be a conversation that they want to have and that's still Mm going to be like they're going to want to address it and I don't always like I don't always want to dwell on that you know I just want to kind of like write it speak my piece let the feelings out and then move on
0: yeah 100% so like the lane that you're you're going after now I know like like storytelling filmmaking you got a lot of different projects going on so like what Molly, what what you working on? What, give us the, <laughs> give us the details. We trying to figure out what you what are you working on right
1: now. Um, so right now, so yeah, I recently, just within like the last year, um, started doing some some script stuff and some filmmaking. Um, because before that, I before that, I really just considered myself like a poet and like a creative writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I I got a taste for uh, like, you know, for script writing and producing and directing. Um, so right now that's what I'm working on. I have one project that I'm working on. That's, that's mine. Um, that's Welcome to Rafferty's, which is hopefully going to be a TV series. Um, that's, that's in the early, early production stages right now. Um, and then I'm co-directing a, uh, Friday the 13th fan film called Multiverse of Jason. Um, so that's been really exciting. That's a, like an independent project that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm the first AD and the co-director for that. And just, just having like a little taste of that has made me so like thirsty, like to do it for the rest of my life. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot, it's, it's not always easy work and there's a lot of like moving parts and dealing with people and organizing and planning. Um, but it's been so rewarding that I, now that I'm doing it, I'm like, I don't ever picture myself, like, stopping that. Um, mm-hmm. So so my my plan for probably ever for the rest of my life is to, um, to write my own stuff and produce it and direct it, as well as working with other creatives on their own projects as well and just lending my knowledge and helping them, you know, helping them tell whatever story
0: um, they're trying to tell. So for the people, right, who don't understand, because you said so much that I think often gets um, swept under the rug for people who don't understand how hard it is to be creative. And like, mm-hmm. what, it, what is the process of taking something that you've written, finding people to essentially like produce it, and then mm-hmm. direct it? Like, what, what is that process like? Because I think a lot of people see videos and they'll be like, oh, that's really easy to make. That's very quick. Yep. And it's, it's not what they do. It's not, no. Um,
1: and I honestly, I, I learned so much. So for, for three, for four months, I think from September to January, I was working on the set of an upcoming Apple TV show that they're filming out here in Chicago. And I learned so much just from doing that. Because even be- even before that, I did not know all the steps that went into it Um, as far as, production, as far as cost, as far as how many people are involved, all of that. So I really, really learned a lot. And um, that has taken me so far, just just doing that for four months um, and seeing how like a, a really big budget production company does stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, and I, I got lucky because the project, so the project that I'm working on, um, the, the Friday the 13th fan film, they reached out to me. Um, and brought me on board a production that was already kind of in the swing of things that was already moving forward. Um, so I, I got lucky in that aspect. Um, the one that I'm doing myself is, and I'm not, I'm not even, I'm, I say I'm working on it by myself, but I do have a team. Like I have a production team and I'm very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. To- um. So that's kind of something that I just happen to know like the right person. Um, And It's actually somebody, my friend Rod from back home in in Lexington. um, He reached out to me about potentially um, like working on a project together um, and coming up with like either a TV show or a movie. And he asked, he he knew that I was a writer and he asked me if I would like, you know, be interested in writing something. Um, And I said, yes, of course. And then I had no idea that like the idea for Rafferty's would come to me the way that it did and that it would be Mm -hmm. so well received. By the other people on my team um so he had asked me to write something and I was literally just like my mind was locked up for a little while and I was just like okay like the ideas are not coming to me so I don't know what to give him I don't know what to you know I don't know what to promote I don't know what to tell what script I can give him I don't know um and then Rapperties came to me and I started working on that couple couple episodes in sent it all to him he really liked it we've got a couple other people we're working with now um so it's just about building your team and knowing i guess i would say just knowing um knowing people and you know knowing people in the right places so it's like you know working with him he already has a certain uh a certain following and a certain production team set up as far as like sound and lighting and you know um graphic designer like all of that was already really in place um and he's back in Kentucky I'm here in Chicago so you know I know actors I know sound people I know camera guys I know makeup people I know really anybody that any role that I need filled I know who I can reach out to um and it's the access to other creatives and to to people who are willing to help um is so easy and has been so overwhelming honestly um And I really, I couldn't be more thankful for the direction that things are going. I just, I got very lucky with the people that I know here and word of mouth really helps Um, social media. One of my, one of my good friends here, um, he's been producing a series uh, for since like 2015. Um, And when I told him about my show, he had some of his actors reach out to me like, Hey, let me know when you hold auditions. Like we really want to be part of this. Um and so it's just like things like that like once you once you get the ball rolling and once you know what you want to do and you know where to start um everything kind of falls into place and you just have to you have to know who to talk to really I guess.
0: Yeah. I do want to say that like you you keep saying that you're lucky but I also want to like remind you that like you did this too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's a, there's lots of for sure like you <laughs> built this and I think there's a lot of people out here who they don't know how to talk to the people. You know what I mean? Like they don't know how to build community. They don't know how to meet people. And that's something I've seen you do. Yeah, through, thank you. you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, there might be a little element of luck, but also too, like you're a dope individual. You're like incredible soul who always, like when people come across you, it's like love all the time. You know what I mean? So just being able to like, foster those relationships, create those, cultivate them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's not easy to do. And especially when you're out of state or you're not in yeah. the same state as people, because that's yeah. something like it really gets difficult trying to like make projects happen for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it takes,
1: it takes a lot of communication. Like when I say that ever since I started both of these projects, like I, I mean, I'm on my phone, I'm on my laptop, I got an iPad, like I might need another phone. I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm so i'm getting emails group messages like budgets are being sent to me notes call sheets like all of these Mm -hmm. things um and it's definitely it takes some getting used to because i feel like before like life was moving very slow for me life was very like now there's like a lot of there's a lot of communication there's a lot of different teams i'm working with a lot of different people um and it definitely you know i i don't know i credit my parents with my people skills honestly um, that's, that's one thing that I, I am proud of, um, is being able to, to connect with people and to, you know, people want to work with me and I'm always honored and very happy to find that, um, because it just, it makes things easier for me. It makes the project more fun when everybody there is happy to be involved and happy to be working with, um, the people that they're working with. Um, the, the trailer shoot that we just did on Saturday, uh, for the, the multiverse of Jason movie we were literally out in the cold for like 14 15 hours like we got rained on snow hail all of that and the energy just like never faltered at all the whole time and yeah. to me really really important and that makes that makes everything else that makes the cold it makes you know everybody being tired it makes the snow like not even relevant just because everyone there was so happy to be there and was determined to get the 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 product done mm-hmm. um so we were able to really, you know, come together and and keep that energy up and, and, you know, do what we needed to do, basically, even though there were all these other things going on. And I think that's really important. And um, in creating projects, and I hope that I can, you know, be as be as. Um, be as lucky in the rest of my in the rest of my work and the rest of my projects is to just work with people who really want to be there and who are really like dedicated to the cause
0: oh absolutely and i i see it happening you know what i mean like i feel like again like you foster a lot of these like connections and like the way you show how passionate you are makes it easy for other people to like match that energy you find passion and stuff Again, like, yo, when I tell you, you changed my life, man. <laughs> like, this is not nothing to, like, sleep on. Like, I know your energy. I know what you bring to Thank anything you. that you walk into. So, like, in my mind, that's a no-brainer because people see how passionate you are, how serious, how yeah. dedicated, but also how compassionate and loving and caring and, like, optimistic you are. So, like, the way, the way these, like, teams come together, the way different energies come, like, I've seen you talk to, like, the riches of rich poor, black white like it doesn't matter and all of that just helps to like better foster the environments you create you know what I mean so like I'm yes, pretty excited man. to see all that you do. I'm hoping one day we could eventually for sure collab on like a film or something because please because you know, you know we'd we be making stuff over here on this side too yes little you know so so
1: yes no you you definitely are an inspiration for sure like you I look forward to seeing everything you do in the future.
0: No, I appreciate
1: for, that. We'll absolutely collab on something. You iron, know
0: it will iron sharp as iron for sure. So like for you, like what is your like the big dream or the overall goal? Because I know you said like you see yourself like storytelling doing this for a long time, but is there like <laughs> an actual like moment where you'll be like, yo, this is this is it. This is what I've been working towards. So for me,
1: yes. It would be to to own my to have my own production company. Mm. Um you know, on my Issa Ray basically. I would love to have my own kind of production company and be able to um, just constantly create the kind of stories that I want out there. The kind of, the things that I, I think we need to see more of and to just be able to um, constantly have the space and the access to create and to share with people. Um, I that's I really, you know, I won't stop until I get to that basically. I'm I really want to uh to be able to do this professionally forever. Mm-hmm. Uh so the goal for me is yeah to basically build myself from the ground up basically. You know, I'm gonna start with where I'm at right now, but then you know, 10, 15 years from now, not even not even that, like maybe five, 10 years. Let me I'm not let me stop playing like because I'm I'm already like I'm I'm about to turn 30 this year. So I'm like, okay. Five, 10 years, I want to, you know, I want to have my own production company and I want to have a few movies, a few series under my belt already. Um, Mm -hmm. All of them, you know, bringing something new into the world and bringing something, um, sharing a story that needs to be told. Uh, As as far as, even as far as documentaries, there's a couple of documentaries I would love to do. Um, I have some comedy stuff that I want to do some real deep, serious shit that I want to do. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of, you know, putting my time and energy into it, uh, for as, as long as it takes to get there. But that's, that's my end goal is just to, to have, have my production company and be able to, um, be able to pay everyone who works for me, what they are worth and to Mm -hmm. have, you know, to have a really dope team of creatives, especially black creatives. That's really important to me. Um, is to to work within the community um and to share stories within the community. So I try and um almost everything that I do or almost everything that I do, I try and um share what needs to be shared about our people and try and, you know, bring bring the beauty of being black into whatever
0: story I'm telling. Hell yeah. We are it black, we black, black all time all day, every day. I'm all right, you know. Absolutely. Are. So like with with that, right? Like how do you if, if that's the angle, right? A lot of times, like from now to the angle, it's the in-between. And I think the in-between, the journey, is like where a lot of the the struggle comes from, a lot of what we are achieving to get, is that's where it's all made. So like yeah. in in between, how do you essentially like take care of yourself throughout the process? Because I know like, again, there's the beauty of being a teacher is you go to school for a certain amount of time yeah. and then you become a teacher. Right. Yeah. When it comes to creative, you can, there's no like blueprint of really how to do it. There's no like correct way. So like, it can be very frustrating. It can be overwhelming. It can be like sanity damaging. So like, how do you take care of yourself throughout that process in the in between time?
1: So I, I, I mean, the main thing is basically just taking time off when I need time off and making sure that I get rest, um, especially being a writer, because there's, there's been several times where like, if I'm, if I'm, if the ideas are coming, if I'm writing, I like, I will write and I won't stop. Like I will write through the night. I will skip breakfast. Like I will, when I'm in the zone, I'm in the zone. Mm -hmm. So I try and take advantage of the time when I'm not, or, um, even like after, you know, after everything we did on Saturday, just taking taking the time afterwards to recover and just rest um, and let myself kind of reset because there's always I mean, there's always more work to do. Always like it's not going to go anywhere, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I I definitely try and try and take time to myself. Um, I spend a lot of time outside, um, even here in Chicago in the winter. I walk every day. Mm. Uh, I mm. I, I'm waiting for summer when I can like actually like sit in the grass and just be like outside and like really connect with the water and like the sky and just literally just feel all the pressure and all the stress like float away. Yeah. Um, but I'm probably going
0: to be like, I don't know, four to five more weeks before I can do yeah, that. I'm not going to lie. Walking outside in the winter is crazy, crazy. Yeah. But I understand. I yeah. Understand.
1: But it and it's one of those things where it's like it helps me clear my head, it helps me feel appreciation for my city and mm-hmm. for um everything that this city holds and everything that, that this city has done for me. Um so I, I try and take time to really appreciate um you know my surroundings, uh my friends, I try and you know reach out to them when I can, uh spend spend time with them just we, I mean, we all work a lot. Everybody's busy. Most of my friends are creatives as well. So it's like when we all get together and we're able to have that time where no one's working, nobody is, has a project or whatever it is, like we get to come together and be together. I try and take full advantage, full advantage of that. Um, I try and definitely support my friends when they have stuff going on.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I've been to more art shows than I can count because <laughs> my best friend is a, is an artist and some some of my other friends are as well. Um, So just like appreciating the little things and just the beauty of creativity even mm-hmm. outside of my own um like i said i i went to this spoken word thing on easter and i don't i've never tried spoken word or like even really thought that i should try it um but i went and it was beautiful and it was amazing and i would definitely go back so it's just like taking time to appreciate other forms of art um sure, sure. and then listening to those artists stories and like learning about them helps me become a better artist like it gives me tips to incorporate into everything that I do uh, with my writing
0: no that's amazing that's incredible and I could see you doing spoken word for sure like there's no doubt in my mind if you ever wanted to like tap in and try it but I could definitely see I feel like
1: like so after seeing it I kind of I had that idea I was like oh like maybe this is something I should try and then just see how it feels but before that I had never thought about it Like because yeah. i'm very much like that this is why i'm i'm behind the camera because i don't like being in front of the camera i don't like acting i've tried that it's not my thing um i don't necessarily i don't always feel comfortable like being at the center of attention mm-hmm. so for spoken word i kind of was just like i don't know if i'll i don't think i'll ever like and plus that's like another again with the vulnerability like getting yeah. up people and like speak like literally saying your piece is like, it makes me want to, like, throw up and run away. But <laughs> seeing when the one that I, the the event that I went to was, like, so small and intimate and everybody was so nice and sweet and beautiful. And, you know, you could see the different levels of professionalism. Like, some people have been doing this for years. Some people, it was their first time. And it was so welcoming and comfort, uh, comfortable for everyone. And mm-hmm. so just being there, I was like, okay, maybe this is something, like, I could tap into. Like, this is making me think, you know about stuff that I've written that I could potentially turn into like a spoken word piece. This room is just small enough. It doesn't feel overwhelming, you know, like there's liquor here. So, you know, afterwards I can have a shot or whatever. Like there were just so many things that made me think like, okay, this is a really beautiful experience. And like, maybe, you know, maybe I should open myself up to it. Whereas before I was just like, yeah.
0: See, I think, like, that's the beauty of, like, watching other, like, creatives, too, is because, like, when you yeah. watch it, it's just like, wow, I can yeah. do it, too. Or, like, there's there's a lane here. There's, it's cool that, like, so many different creators are also so supporting in being able to, like, oh, you should try it. Just, like, give it a, give it a taste and see mm-hmm. what it's like. Or, you know, this is what, if you want to incorporate this or add this to, like, one of your projects, this is how you can do it. And I think, like, yo, I would love for a place for, like, more spaces for like creatives to just be able to like be, you know what I mean? Like comedy clubs, spoken word, like film, yeah. writing, whatever in more like community. Because I think again, like we live in such a such a practical world that we often yeah. forget that like how much like creativity really can change and can shape and like and how it has changed the world and the trajectory of yeah. people
1: yeah. And we feed off of each other too. That's the thing mm-hmm. that like, I feel like artists can, we can get lost in ourselves sometimes. Um, you know, I, I definitely know people who, when they're, they're working on a piece, you know, they're really in lockdown mode. They don't come out of the house or they don't like, you know, they don't talk to anybody or they, and I I can get like this too. Um, but I think it's important to remember that as artists, like we feed off of each other, we become better um, together. And that's not to say you have to collab with people or like not do your own stuff, but it's just like, opening up your mind and, and being around like-minded people and people that are, um you know, experiencing things similar to you and that are expressing themselves in ways that are similar to how you're expressing yourself can only make you better. And it can yeah. only give you more to think about, you know? So I think spaces like that are really important. And um, it was definitely something that I, I could see myself going back to in the future and, and trying to, you know, it was only my first time there, so I was like being a little shy or whatever. but I'm like, next time, you know, maybe I'll go hand out my business card or I'll just go sit down at a table of people that I don't know. you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. something like that kind of um just to kind of open up that conversation because that's how we that's how we connect and that can only improve the art for all of us,
0: yeah, for sure. So like my final question for you and it's more so of just curiosity. What would you tell, like, a younger version of yourself if you can have a conversation? So, like, especially when you was just in college, you just got to UK, mm-hmm. and you know, you're just trying to figure it out. What would you tell the younger version of yourself?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I would definitely tell the younger version of myself to believe in myself more. Because um, I'm very, like, even... Even in like in the early colleges, like I've always been very confident in certain ways. But like I said, I still I felt like I was on this trajectory, this like certain path that was like laid out for me. But if I could tell my younger self anything, it would just be to kind of create your own path. Mm -hmm. Like if something feels right for you, stick to that and make it work. You know what I'm saying? Like stick to that and make it work for you rather than feeling like you have to just pick a major out of this group of majors and like work for that major. Mm-hmm. um stick with what stick with what you know and love and don't you know don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it that pretty i mean it's it's very cliche but basically that's it like don't let anybody tell you that you can't um and don't don't be stand in your own way don't be your own don't be the devil on your own shoulder telling you that you can't that you can't do it or that it's not practical, it's not realistic. Um, because if you think of, if, I mean, think about all the greatest people in the world. Like if they had stood in their own way, then we wouldn't have the music or the movies or the art that we have, the, the poems that we have right now. We would have a bunch of people that were working, you know, on on whatever was expected of them and probably unhappy. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what I would tell my younger self was like, don't stand in your own way. Don't let anybody else stand in your way either. Yeah,
0: no, that's real. Amalia, thank you. Thank you for (laughs) being on here. Where can the people find you at?
1: Uh, You can find me on Instagram at goodgolly underscore Miss Molly or on Facebook at Amalia Lena. Or if you're very brave, you can find my Twitter page. Um, (laughs) It's actually so much nicer than it used to be, though. Like, (laughs) But Nigel can tell you my <laughs> yeah. so yeah.
0: Bro, I, I used to be out here. Um, now you was one. Um, real quick. Actually, this is the actual last question. Do you still slander the man, the myth, the legend, Jermaine Cole? Oh yes. Oh, uh, I- oh my God! I'm gonna work on it. We are gonna get it. Just, <laughs> just, just, for everybody to know, I have evidence. I have screenshots of Amalia giving J. Cole credit. So you, what?
1: What did I give him credit for?
0: We made a bet, and when okay was it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You give him credit. Because so you talk so,
1: about you have receipts, I'm like, I need to see the receipts because I don't know, even believe it.
0: Yeah, you'll be alright. Don't worry, everybody. Thank y'all for tuning in. Um, she's a biggest secret J. Cole fan, just for everybody to know. Um, but yeah, everybody, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you, Amalia. Thank you for stopping by. Everybody, have a great day. Peace and love.